Hey, this is Daryl Brogdon, host of the Retro Cocktail Hour, and you're listening to the Then Is Now podcast. Warning, warning. Today's episode contains spoilers. So if you have not seen the movie or TV show that we are talking about, we highly recommend that you watch it first, then listen to this episode. Thank you. Rise and shine, my sinners. When Father Evil starts his day, he gets a little deadly. Deadly Grounds Coffee has the richest, smoothest flavor you'll find anywhere. It's sinfully delicious. Once you go deadly, you never go back. Order yours at getdeadly.com. Coffee's so good, it's scary. Of Halloween. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Then Is Now's 2023 edition of 13 Days of Halloween. I am your host, Rigor, and joining me today is the Prince Regent of Electronic Dance Music himself, Dantes Alexander. Welcome back, Dantes. Thank you so much, Roger. You know what? I'm I'm starting to feel like uh, Sister Sledge, and I want to sing We Are Family because I've been here so much, but thank you for having me. <laughs> I appreciate that. I appreciate that. It's awesome. So, yeah, definitely. You know, it's like I think I think we really hit it off. You know, we both found a, a lot of common ground and between the, the movies and the music and all that. It's, it's great fun. And I'm, I'm glad to know you. Yes, I, I, I concur. I totally concur. We always have a great time and great topics and got a great audience. So, again, thank you for having me. Excellent. Excellent. All right. So, folks, speaking of topics, our topic this year is werewolf movies. And today we are going to cover the 1985 Michael J. Fox comedy, Teen Wolf. For Michael J. Fox, life hasn't been easy. Hello? Hi. I'm going through changes. His voice is changing. Give me a keg of beer. Is there anything wrong with me? He's got hair on his chest. He stopped being a boy. What do you think about to get worked up? At last, he's become... Scott? Scott Howard? This is your father speaking. Now open this door right this minute. A wolf. An explanation is probably long overdue. Dad, an explanation? Look at me. Look at you. He's always wanted to be something special. But he never expected this. Then Teen Wolf. He's got style. There's something different about you. Did you change your hair? He's got class. Wolf person. He's got hair all over his body. Wolves aren't supposed to be shy. 
He's a wolf in teen's clothing. And tonight is his night to howl. Teen Wolf, a new comedy with Michael J. Fox, star of Back to the Future. When high school nerd Scott Howard learns from his father, Harold, that being a werewolf runs in the family, he decides to take advantage of his freakish trait. With his newfound strength and agility and senses, Scott quickly becomes the hero of his school's basketball team while winning over his longtime crush, Pamela Wells. As he grows more popular, Scott worries that he's being celebrated as a novelty rather than for who he is. So first impressions, Dantes, when did you first see this and what was your first impression of the movie? Oh man, you know what? This is like one of those movies that you see like right out of the womb. Can I say that? Oh yeah. It, I mean, it really was like for me, you know, being like, you know, a, a kid who was born in the late 80s, this was just one of those fundamental <laughs> you know, <laughs> movies that, you know, we saw growing up. And I think the first time I probably saw it, I must have been about eight. So, you know, we're talking like maybe, I don't know, maybe 95 or 96 possibly when I first saw it. Wow. Uh, first impressions, when I was a kid, you know, this and Thriller used to scare the bleep out of me. I'm not going to lie. Really? Oh, my God. Are you kidding me? Dude, don't act like this would not. This would scare. Uh, it, it, I mean, it still would in my mind. It would still scare, you know, uh, a kid. If, if you haven't watched a lot of television or if you've never been to the zoo or you don't know what these things look like, yes, it will scare you. <laughs> yeah, I can see. All right. I can see that. Yeah. So, but I, first impressions, um, Heartwarming, inspiring, and comedic. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I saw this in the theater, too. My parents took me. So 1985, I was 15. Mm -hmm. um, I remember thinking it was just okay at the time. I think I was a, a little disappointed because, um, you know, we, uh, we had talked about American Wolf in London, and um, I had talked with some other people about the howling and stuff. So I think my <laughs> expectations were sort of through the roof, and this fell short of that. It didn't fall into the mold that I had in my head, so I kind of disregarded the movie. And I re honestly, I have not seen this in decades, pretty much for that reason. And I was so glad to revisit it and see if my opinion changed. And you know what? It did. I, I thought it was thoroughly hilarious. It was charming. It was completely enjoyable. It was, it was so much better than I remembered it being. So I was glad that we have this chance to talk about it. Yeah, it is definitely one of my favorites. Um, God, you know, and it's funny. You know, as I was preparing for uh, the show tonight, I, I laughed and I said, gosh, you know, I hate to be, you know, one of those celebrity douchebags and, and <laughs> begin to talk about, you know, six degrees of separation. But you, of course, know I worked with Mark Holton on uh, Tales from the Sixth Dimension last year. Yes. Um, so, you know, and, and, and it's so awesome to, uh, you know, have that, that little memory in the back of my mind like, oh, yeah, I, I worked with Chubbs. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, and, um, but you know, and, and it's funny because you know, and you were saying you know that it was sort of forgettable, but I guess it it was a movie of its era, Roger. You know what I mean? It was a vehicle for him. Lord Jesus, forgive me. I, my my brain has frozen right now. Michael J. Fox. Yes. <laughs> um, it, it was a vehicle for Michael J. Fox, just like it was a vehicle for Tom Cruise and Risky Business. Both of those movies were sort of fluff, but it showed the 
the undercurrent of genius of both of those young talents. You know what I mean? Right. Because that there wasn't a whole lot to that movie. I mean, that kid, he was a kid. I mean, he carried that whole movie. Right. Right. You know, and let's not forget too. this sort of, uh, this was made just before back to the future, but it came out shortly after. So it was kind of riding the coattails back to the future, sort of, you know, propelled him into the stratosphere. So when people watch this, I think there was a certain expectation and it, it just fell short of that simply because they were two completely different movies. And so mm. I think it kind of fell victim to that, even though it was a success. I, I have it in my notes somewhere how much money it made. It made a shit ton of money. It was a huge success, but it was, you know, critically lambasted. And I, I think it's because of that. I think it's because people just literally, like, within months had Back to the Future in their mind. So when they saw this, they were like, oh, well, he's not Marty McFly, so why should we care, yeah. you know? <laughs> And, and you know, it's, it, it, I'm sorry, I, go ahead. I didn't mean to cut you off, Rod. You no, know, I was going to say, I think I feel victim to that too. I mean, I grew up watching him on Family Ties. And then <laughs> when he went to the movies, it was awesome, you know? But And then this came out and it wasn't Back to the Future. So I think that was the, in the zeitgeist. I think the collective zeitgeist was sort of thinking that. They were all having the same opinion, but people really should revisit this movie because it's a, it's a gem. And, you know, now that we're talking about it, you know, we, we really should talk about Michael J. Fox just in the cultural zeitgeist, man. He's, he's done some important things that have really, you know, made a big impact on the culture, like this, this movie. Like, I mean, my gosh, 1985, can you believe that we are almost, for what, 40, 40 years out? Yeah, yeah. Almost yeah. from... From, from this yeah so we're still talking about it so i mean it was it like you said it wasn't something of its era but i also think why people you know flock to it because how many of us in high school have felt just downright flipping ugly and disgusting yeah yeah exactly <laughs> and, and 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 in uh ineffective yes yes totally totally and we all had that fat friend right yeah what? yeah I think I was the fat friend. <laughs> I, you know what? I was too, actually, now that we're talking about it. Uh, you know, a lot fatter than I am today. Uh, but, you know, I, it, it's, like, it, it, it's a warm movie. It, it really gives, when I put that on, it puts me in the same state of mind, like watching Forrest Gump. It's relaxing. Yes. And calming. And, but... What I noticed, you know, watching the movie uh, again, you know, for the first time uh, recently again, you know, just preparing for tonight, is all of those little similarities that we were talking about on the last show between all of the, you know, werewolf films of the past and watching um, The Wolfman and watching this movie, there are some... I don't know. Maybe, maybe they were trying to, uh, you know, connect back to those old films, but... All of the the parents seem to <laughs> seem to know that they have these these problems, and they never want to tell the children until it's absolutely too late. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, like the father says, he's like, "Well, may, I was hoping it would skip a generation," you know. <laughs> well, I mean, you, and exactly, and you heard what uh, what uh, Talbert Senior uh, said in the Wolfman. So I just, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, but. I mean, again, you know, I think back to that time, you know, in high school, you know, when you're trying to meet girls or, uh, 
you know, go out and have friends and, you know, everything matters, you know, from your clothes to your hair, um, you know, everything. So you're doing everything that you can to try and fit in. And then all of a sudden, you know, most people have bad acne, but then you wake up one day and you've got a ton of excess hair. That's worse than getting a beard overnight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, it's funny, and I'm sure it's probably been said before somewhere around the world, but I never really thought of it till just this moment. But, you know, you, you, when you are, whether you're a boy or a girl, when you're at, as a teenager, you are at your most awkward point in your life yet you're trying to be as cool as humanly possible and it mm -hmm. it n very rarely works <laughs> it very 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 rarely does work you know but that's what makes that movie so you know and, and it's not just that one i mean my god you know when when we start talking about <laughs> teen wolf we start going into all of those cultural like teenage movies that really matter like we don't even we don't make movies like this anymore. Right. Like, do we? I, I mean, I'm no. I'm just I'm being honest. Like, what movies are we making that are appealing to the you know to the to the child and to the teenager and then also to the adults? And these were all of you know all of these movies from this period. You know, yeah. Sixteen Candles, all of this stuff. They all had that. Um, that dry adult sexual humor. <laughs> right, right. Without being completely inappropriate for a younger audience. Yes. And, and, and I know I'm going so off subject, but I just watched something last night and it was for kids and I literally wanted to like hurl. I've never seen pets be so grotesquely like, <laughs> you know what movie I'm talking about. <laughs> uh, I, I, I Yes, but you tell me. It, uh, pets. I thought that's what it was. Yeah. <laughs> the, 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 I'm sorry. No, Strays. The Strays. Oh, strays. So I didn't see that one. Oh, my gosh. It's not appropriate for kids. And it's supposed it, it's supposed to be a kid movie. There's so much. I mean, it's it, it's so great. It's it's it's, it's kind of lewd. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of lewd for kids. It, it would be for me. It would like I don't know what the rating was on it, but I couldn't make it through it because there was just so much humping. Uh, you know, and that's what also too why you know, Teen Wolf was so good was because it, 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 it didn't, it, it didn't make itself more humorous than it, 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 it didn't try too hard. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, it, the, 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 the comedy was just more natural, you know, and now and you know, a lot of these family films, you know, everything is just so forced, you know, forced laughs. And so I, you know, in fact, I, did you, did you like to? Oh, I, I don't think I even saw it. <laughs> I I looked at it, and I, I think even at age 15, 16, whenever the hell it came out, I was like, yeah, I'm not doing that. Because, <laughs> you know, I think, didn't they also have a cartoon, Roger? Yes, they did. And they had a TV show in 2011, which I can't believe it was so long ago. Oh, right. That's right. It you was know, an oh, MTV I feel show. I so guilty because I only watched one episode of it. And see, and that's, and that's the power of good, good cinema, like... And we both know now as adults, like looking back at that, you know, there are some things that, you know, need to be changed or updated. But I, when I first heard about the reincarnation, you know, the television series, the first thing I did was want to go back to, you know, the film. Right. And so I realistically did not give it. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I'm a little, a, a little, uh, what's the word? I don't want to say, is it ageist? Um, well, uh, what are you trying to say? I, I'm, I'm a little, 
I don't like certain young things. I prefer my old things. I don't know. Yes. Does that, <laughs> I don't that, think that's being ageist. I think it's um, it's just how we are, how we're wired. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like I was having a discussion today, you know, similar discussion today. We were talking about, you know, you know, and I was like, no, I didn't come from that era. You don't understand. I came from the era of people who could do things. Right. You know, yeah. Like this stuff now is just, it's just everything's so over, overly sexualized. Yeah. Um, even watching, you know, Teen Wolf, like I said, the, it, it, it knew, you know, and poor Marty, right? <laughs> <laughs> poor Marty, right? Like he, you know, they really could have, you know, they really could have gone there with that because, you know, once again, you know, here we are, you know, as a human being being transformed into, you know, this, you know, this animal like creature and having to be confronted with one of the most basic and primal urges that man has, which is sex. And they handled it in such an adult way and it was tasteful. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I sound like such an old man. Like, what's wrong with me? Like, <laughs> I think it's it's I don't know I've I've heard of the term but I don't think it applies to me but I think it's called maturity. Ah, oh, that thing. Ah, <laughs> oh, man. I want to go back to my teens, man. I know. So so real quick, I, was, I have a quick side thing here. Uh, you mentioned the movie Strays. It is in fact rated R. It's oh, not for God. kids. It's Will Ferrell and Jamie Foxx. That's the one, right? Yes, it yes. is rated R. On the poster, uh, there's a tiny little Boston Terrier, and he's got the rated R thing in his mouth. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes, dude. It was so, I mean, mm, I don't know. Did I become a overnight? I don't know. But, <laughs> I, like I said, man, like I'm, mm, I just, mm, my, my mouth <laughs> twisting and twir- I'm like, oh, my God. Why are these dogs talking like this? You know, humping, I mean, literally humping everything. Do you know that Jamie Foxx's character had a one-night stand with the couch? I'm not joking. Oh, God. (laughs) And even called the, he and and you know what words they were using. He even called the bleep dirty. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Said she she gave him something. (laughs) Oh, God. And we're talking about a dingy couch in the alley. Oh, man. I'm going to have to watch that with the wife now. <laughs> you guys will tell you, I guess. Like, yeah. Like for, for ki- I, I'm t- oh, my God. Roger, I, uh, mm, I had to cover ears. I was not expecting that for the kids. I was, That's I, hilarious. I, I, Don't worry. Kids aren't listening to the show. We can fucking swear whenever kids, we want to. <laughs> okay, good. Yes, because it was really fucking, it was like, I was like, oh, my God. I was like, what? And I didn't know the whole time. I'm thinking it was PG-13. And, you know, That's my, hilarious. My nephews were in here, man. Like, oh and Jamie, and Jamie, it was so odd. And then Jamie Foxx starts talking about getting a venereal disease from the fucking couch in the, <laughs> in the alley and called her a dirty bitch. <laughs> It's like, oh god, this, you know. Oh, that's hilarious. And that makes me appreciate, you know, movies, movies like Teen Wolf, you know. Yeah. It, it, it really does. And there's a strong message to this film. But before we get further into the nuts and bolts of the film, I want to talk about the director and the writer and the cast first. So we've got Rod Daniel, who directed it, and he did a lot of TV shows like WKRP in Cincinnati. He also did that film Canine with Jim Belushi. I don't know if you remember that. It's one I of do remember that. Yep. I do. I do. Um, I- and this was also written by a guy named uh, Jeff Loeb. Where his name is spelled Jeff J E P H, which is short for Joseph. This guy has been like a comic book icon for 
decades now. Is he um, a writer? He's yes, a writer? he's a writer. He wrote uh, um, an, uh, an, a one. Uh, I'm sorry, a one-off thing called Batman: The Long Halloween. If folks, oh, you know, have, I have that. I have not watched it. Okay, <laughs> and he wrote that in, in comic book form, and then it was adapted. But um, I think he produced the animated version of that. Um, he also wrote this in the movie Commando, Commando with Arnold Schwarzenegger. I do remember that now. He's 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 got some serious pin game. Huh? Oh my god, he's produced um, pretty much all the Marvel Netflix shows like Daredevil and Jessica Jones, uh, Agents of Shield, just tons of Marvel animated shows. He is. I can't even mention them all here. We'd have to do a whole show on him. A whole show, yeah. I mean, he really he's really got a lot of stuff. Yeah, and I mean that's a name that I recognize from my comic book reading days. I kind of stopped a long time ago because I couldn't afford it. But I don't oh know how kids God, can collect man, comics. They really, you know, and it's so crazy, dude. Like you really take things for granted when you're a kid, man. Because I'm telling you, dude, Power Rangers, like. I have spent a small fortune just on damn Power Rangers, and now I, I like I appreciate the fact that comic books were bought for me because now when I take my black ass into the comic book store, and you're like five bucks for a fucking comic book, they right. weren't that much. They were like a dollar, dude, in the '90s. Like I remember, don't you remember, like going like and and like taking like fifty bucks and just like buying like the whole goddamn rack, just oh, not yeah, yeah. I, re- I remember when they were like 45, 50 cents. <laughs> That's how old I am. <laughs> yeah, see, I started getting into comics when, and I remember it exactly. It was when Superman died, which was what, 96, I believe. Okay, yeah, yeah. And he split off into Superman yep. Red and Superman Blue. Yeah. And I started buying those comic books. And even at that point, you know, they were starting to get a little price, like $1.50, you know. But I think it, you know, uh, uh, you know for... For art, you know, like we can't, we can't short the artists behind the product. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Um, a comic book is, you know, a, a literal work of art, no yes. different than music. And, you know, and we should try our hardest. You know, we have all of these streaming apps and, you know, comics. I've seen that app where you, you know, where you pay a monthly subscription and you, you know, but yeah. that's not supporting, you know, those writers, you know, so. You know, all of our listeners out there, you know, we are retro guys. If, if any of you guys know anything about me, you know I'm a retro person. Please support all of the the art and artists that, yes. that you find yourself around. Rigor, myself, Michael J. Fox, whomever, whomever. Like streams, uh, you know, of music videos, music film you know that stuff doesn't doesn't help keep the lights on so if you guys love love what it is that we do then just support it <laughs> yes i agree um and also actually his uh jeff Loeb's co-writer on this was matthew wiseman who collaborated with him on this and commando um he also uh worked on the teen wolf tv series as we mentioned was from 2011 which still it boggles my mind that that's that came out over a decade ago it happened so fast right yeah, I was like, I never watched it just because I was not a big fan of MTV. So I was like, oh, an MTV show, who cares? But, well, and then, well, I think, and you're, you, and you also hit on that other point too, why we weren't interested in it is because we were well beyond the MTV grasp at that point. Yeah, yeah. like MTV was unrecognizable in, in 2011. There was no more Total Request Live. There was no Headbangers Ball. There was no Yo MTV raps. There was yeah, no- it was like Jersey Shore or something. It was all reality, man. Yeah. Like that MTV went 
well, they lost the music in their TV. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I get a funny one for you, and I don't think I've ever said this on the show because it's never really come up. But you know that that chick Snooky. Yeah. Okay, my sister. I no, maybe not so much now anymore. But my sister used to look just like her. And people like like we grew up around Boston, and so she she'd be in in Boston somewhere at a club, and people would mistake her for Snooky, and she would sign autographs. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! Snooky from Which, the Jersey Shore. I had to look it up. I didn't even know who Snooky was until she told me, and I'm like, I don't know who that is. And <laughs> I think I missed that period too. I just remember like sort of hearing their names. Or yeah, whatever. yeah. But I, yeah, I wasn't into all of that stuff. Yeah, because they, and that's, I think that's why I stayed away from the Teen Wolf TV series because I, I just knew probably that they weren't even gonna, you know, try right. and keep it within the same realm. They were gonna, you know, overly sexual. I mean, it's MTV. You gotta, you know. Well, yeah, it definitely just from the glimpses of the, you know, the, um, the promotional material from it, it looks like it's more adult oriented, anyways, which kind of goes away from the whole teen thing. Don't you want to appeal to a teen audience? I mean, I guess the kids today, they're, they're showing them all kinds of crap and getting away with it, so. Yeah, and then they also, too, you know, I, well, I guess it's no different than, you know, when we were growing up, they want to grow up faster. Right, <laughs> right, yeah. So let's get into our cast here a little bit. We've got, of course, as we mentioned, Michael J. Fox, who plays Scott Howard. I mean, man, what can you say about this guy? You know, he's, he, uh, we grew up with him. Whether you saw him on Family Ties or in the movies afterwards, he was always a part of our lives, I think, for for at least two solid decades. Wouldn't you agree? Oh, man, at, at least. And then uh, we also um, are forgetting his successful foray back into uh, television after, you With know. Spin City. Spin City. So yeah. this man has, um, you know, he's he's definitely, you know, been on the forefront. And But, you know, I think what also... I, most people like, I think, I don't know, uh, is the, the, the fact that he's, he's a survivor. Yeah. And, um, you know, he has not, um, let, you know, his medical issues, um, you know, saw him, saw him down. Um, you know, in fact, he, you know, he, he doesn't like to even use the word, you know, battle, you know, with the disease, which I right. understand it's not a battle. It's just, you know, it's a part of my life. Um, but he has, you know, always found a way to incorporate humor into everything that he does. And he has not, you know, lost that. And, you know, if they decide to, you know, redo um, like Teen Wolf in the most purest form, like, I mean, a real movie, like redone, real, you know, movie, you know, it would be nice to, you know, ha you know, see you know, a version of him, you know, a younger version of himself in that film, just because I think he's, you know, he really has, you know, influenced, you know, so many people over the course of the last, you know, 40, you know, almost shit, 50 years now. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, he, you know, it's even, you know, Spin City was really good. He got nominated for uh, Golden Globes and Emmys uh, yes. for Spin yep. City. Yeah. So he's a very, very talented guy. And I think, um, you know, Teen Wolf is what I think in my mind anyway, is what really sort of launched his like serious, like I'm a comedic actor. Um, I could be wrong. Some people might say, you know, no, it's all the work he did with Christopher, 
Um, Lloyd. Yeah. Um, but I really think that was, that was, you know, that was the movie that really showed, you know, that he was, you know, cause even Christopher Lloyd, like people forget that Christopher Lloyd was a fucking, you know, classically trained actor. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like he didn't, you know, that was like his first foray in the, I'm going to do silly shit. You know what I mean? But um, he was, who is he on? He was on taxi. He was, um, Oh, you're right. Was it Jim Agatowski, right? And he was like, yeah, like, like right. his brain was fried, but he was hilarious and intelligent oh at the same God. time, you know? Oh, my God, dude, Taxi. I remember Taxi used to come on at like, like <laughs> 1 o'clock in the morning before MASH would come on. <laughs> and, and, and why? Like, that's so bad, right, that I know all this. Obviously, I did not get good grades in school, right? <laughs> my butt was up, like, all night watching all the syndicated shows. Well, so. you're aging me because I watched them when they were first on. <laughs> oh, my Sorry, no. <laughs> no, it's okay. I don't care. I'm I, proud I, of it. Like, oh my god, I love. Oh, dude, I as soon as I hear that music, I'm like, okay, Mash is gonna come on. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I always had a problem with Mash because I didn't. They didn't have enough of the canned audience laughter in it, and I'm like, wait, that was funny. Why was there no audience laughter? That always baffled me as a kid. <laughs> well, you know, I read that they actually did that during a strike. They actually filmed some of those episodes during a strike, which is why they didn't have. Uh, so you're not the only person that caught that. Oh, okay, okay. It explains it though, doesn't it? Yeah, oh. yeah. So just to finish up on Michael J. Fox, I just wanted to say, you know, uh, for folks at home who aren't aware of what we were talking about, he has Parkinson's disease, and um, you know, he's been very vocal. I think he's done a lot of fundraising for it. Um, for people who are, are, are dealing with it as well. So I am I think he's still going strong, you know? Yeah, he definitely is going strong. He is a role model and I'm just grateful that um, you know, he's still here and, and yeah. inspiring people. I think that and that is what again what made, you know, Team Wolf cool because it just, you know, just says like, okay, you know, you may not be the tallest guy in school, but you can play basketball. Like, I mean, I mean, even before he got his super cool, you know, wolf right. power, I mean, he was already like on him and Chubbs actually were on the basketball team. They already sucked. But in this universe, it did not matter how amazing everybody was, because in this universe, even if you were fat, skinny, lanky, balding, because yeah. Chubbs. And I love you, Mark. Sorry. But Chubbs was already balding at that age. Right. And, you know, um <laughs> You were you could be on the basketball team, you know. So to you know to you know a, a, a little snot nosed kid, you know, sitting in his bedroom. Even before we get to you know him transforming into this cool wolf, I'm saying to myself like, wow, that's cool. I'm skinny, you know, or I'm fat. I could totally be on the you know basketball team, you know. Well, and it's funny too. Just to mention <laughs> the, the their ages. So Michael J. Fox was 23 when he filmed this movie. Oh really? Playing a high school kid, um, the kid that played Styles was twenty-seven. Uh, Chubby there, Mark Holton, he was twenty-six. Yeah, that's what I. That's what I. Yeah, that's what I. I knew Mark was. Mark was. I thought it was about yeah, twenty-six or twenty-seven. Yeah, yeah. And Mark Arnold, who played the villain, was twenty-seven. So they were. They that this was a, a thing of its time. They always, you know, they always cast uh, older actors to play younger. Actor, younger characters, you know. I mean, I could. I mean, I could too if I, you know, I have to shave every day. 
Yeah. <laughs> to shave every day and put on a little foundation. I could I could play 20. <laughs> there was one time when my kid was playing, I don't forget if it was football or baseball or something, and the other team from another town comes in, and I swear to God, they were like six feet tall with mustaches. I'm like, wait a minute, these are 12-year-olds? <laughs> oh, my God. I know, right? You just reminded me of Little Giants, dude. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Like, there's no way these kids are. What are they putting in your lunches? That's funny. Uh, so speaking of Mark Holton, who played Chubby, I, the one thing, when I see him, I, I honestly, I, I apologize. I don't think of Teen Wolf. I think of Pee-wee's Big Adventure. You know what? I will agree with you because that is, that is, you know, that everybody knows, you know, Mark from, from that role. Um, but my favorite, my favorite movie that Mark did, and I always tell him this, and he 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 may or may not agree with me still to this day, but I always think that his best work was the Gacy film. Oh, I never saw that. You really should watch that because I mean, I mean, again, this is Mark, you know, that we're talking about. Mark is known for being you know white and funny and yeah. Uh, you know, being the sidekick and, you know, here was a movie where he, you know, literally had to become like this dark cloud. Um, and I mean, he, he transformed into John Gacy, uh, to me. I mean, it was, it Ooh. was com completely, um, completely opposite of, of who he really is as a person. That's why I think it is his best work. Uh, you know, and, and it's, it's funny cause it's, it's interesting that you can you can sit there and you can you know you know you can critique someone's work, but when you know someone personally and how they are, right. um, you know, uh, and Mark, you know, even in his personal life, you know, for all intents and purposes, um, Mark is not he's not like you know Chubbs. You know, Mark is right. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, Mark's uh, very. Um, is there a word for a liberal conservative? Because that's what Mark is. He's very middle of the road, I guess. <laughs> yes, he's very middle of the road. Um, you know, he went to L.A. You know, in the seventies, and his van. Um, you know, he just comes from that. You know, he comes from that. You know, that that group of people who just you know says you know I'm gonna you know throw everything in my car and I'm gonna go to L.A. and I'm gonna make it. Um, and, and that's, you know, what Mark did and when it was, you know, time for him to get out, <laughs> get out of Hollywood land. I mean, you know, of course he still does, you know, you know, a lot of film work. Um, but the difference now is, is he doesn't have to be in, you know, LA. He can, you know, work from, you know, Oklahoma and. Right. Right. So oh, you know, dude, you got to get him on the show. You guys got to come on and we'll talk to him. Yeah. You know, I'll reach out to him and, and, uh, you yeah. know, I, I why I didn't, I, you know, I, like I said, I've been, you know, so busy dealing with my stuff. I didn't even think of, you know, and I should have said, God, this would have been a great to, to have, uh, you know, Mark come on the show and, and, and yeah. talk about, um, Teen Wolf also too, because, you oh, know, he, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He, you know, he's, he's done Teen Wolf. He's done Pee Wee. Um, my well, gosh, he even did Star Trek. He was in Star Trek. Yep. Would um, you talk to him next? Just tell him that the there's always one scene that he did in a movie that every once in a while it just pops in my head and puts a huge smile on his on my face and it was in the naked gun when <laughs> leslie nielsen takes over for the or he basically ties up the opera guy and takes his place 
and he's in the crowd and he goes, it's Enrico Palazzo. <laughs> oh my God. And Mark is so, you know, and Mark is so, so, so funny. And that's why him and Gacy is so, so amazing because you're like, geez, where did you dig from to find this character? Yeah. And, yeah. You know, so especially when you begin to, you know, talk about chubs, like you, you're like, damn, that was chubs. Yes. <laughs> And Marty McFly, I mean, not Marty McFly, um, Scott is developing his wolf powers, and he can smell the liverwurst sandwich deep within Chubbs' locker. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? And, and, and I'm sure he has a lot of good stories to tell about that. You know. Oh, yeah. Mark, Mark's a really, 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 really good guy. Prepare for a spine-tingling, nerve-shattering podcast featuring all your favorite monsters. You won't believe your ears when you listen to Monster Kid Radio. Hear your host, Derek M. Cook, and his ever-rotating stable of guests discuss your favorite classic and sometimes not-so-classic monster movies. Subscribe to Monster Kid Radio through iTunes or Stitcher, or visit monsterkidradio.net before the next weekly episode of Monster Kid Radio. Go through the archives for interviews with Sarah Karloff, Victoria Price, and Joel Hodgson. Listen to the discussions about movies like Creature from the Black Lagoon, Island of Terror, and King Kong. And don't forget convention coverage from Monster Bash and the H.P. Lovecraft Film Festival, Classic Monsters, Modern Talk, and the head of Rondo Hatton. Only on Monster Kid Radio. Shark Bites, Shark Bites Podcast, it's the greatest show in history. From the Dorkening Network, hosted by a nerd who's named Patsy. From movie reviews to tips on surviving the coronavirus, Shark Bites has it all. Follow us on Facebook and suggest topics at sharkbitespod at gmail.com. Available on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Hello, this is Rod Barnett. I'm the host of The Bloody Pit, the podcast that examines films from across the decades. On The Bloody Pit, we have several ongoing series of shows within the show focused on specific things in genre cinema that I and my co-hosts find fascinating. There's a long-running series focused on Italian maestro Antonio Margheriti's films from the 1960s all the way up through 1990. There's an on-again, off-again series focused on 1970s science fiction films. There's an in-depth look at the Western movies that William Castle made before he struck out on his own and became the horror auteur that we know and love. A look at the classic Coffin Joe films from Brazil. And our long-term project to look at every universal horror film made in the 1940s. That's a long project, people. It's going to take us a long time. Sprinkled in amongst those are various other episodes focused on other stranger areas of cinema, like uh, Lucio Fulci, Dario Argento, 
and even some obscure British crime films from time to time. So join me and my rotating crew of co-hosts as we examine the stranger side of cinema through an exploitation lens. Except when we don't? Yeah, you never really know exactly what to expect on The Bloody Pit. So join me for The Bloody Pit. Um, I wanted to mention a, a couple other actors. I wanted to bring up Susan Ursitti, who played Boof, which I think is a hilarious name. Her name's Boof. <laughs> That's an awful name. Could you imagine that, being named Boof in high school? <laughs> but she was so cute, she pulled it off. You know, she was beautiful. <laughs> oh, my God. But she was in the movie Zapped with Scott Baio and uh, doing time on planet Earth, but she didn't do too much else after that. I was kind of sad to see that. Well, you know, she... Probably just decided that it, you know, it wasn't for her. You know, it's very hard to manage and maintain a career. You yeah, know, and yeah. Hollywood. I mean, it's not like it's not like we have normal jobs. I mean, you get a paycheck, a big paycheck one day, and you know, right. might not have another one for another three months. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and the other guy I wanted to bring up was Jim McCrell, who played Mister Thorne. I think he was the prin- No, yeah, I think he was the principal. He was. Um, he also played the reporter Lou Landers, in and the same character in both The Howling and in Gremlins. Get uh, out. Yeah. No, I'm serious. It must have been one of those John, Joe Dante things because he, he you know, he. Is this another Landers. Six Degrees of Separation? I think so. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. And when I was looking at his career, it looks like he pretty much played, um, you know, newsmen. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, but. Yeah, he is really talented, though. Yeah. What, yeah, because I went okay. So, but he's done a lot, though. He, um, yeah, he was, um, um, remember in the Howling? He was the one. He was the reporter, right? And he was kind of rehearsing his lines with his deep voice in the bathroom, and then the other guy walks in and he's like talking in his normal voice, which was not as deep. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, and he was also in, oh, no, I was looking at a different thing. But, yeah, I mean, he was just really entertaining in this movie. So I think, you know, they got a good cast here with all these actors. Um, I'm trying to see if there's someone. The guy that played the father was James Hampton. He was, this guy had a long career. He was in The China Syndrome, The Longest Yard, Hangar 18. Oh, wow. So he's done a lot of, he he was in a lot of stuff. Yeah. He originally auditioned for the uh, the role of the coach, uh, but then he got later cast as the father, which I think was perfect. I think the guy that played the coach, uh, if I can find his name, oh yeah, Jay Tarsus, he played Coach Finstock. He's mainly a writer and producer, and he's only acted in a handful of TV shows, but he was great in this because he was so aloof. You know, he's like, yeah, my door's open all the time. Tell me all your problems, but he really didn't care. <laughs> <laughs> I remember him. But you know, but I... <sighs> And that's bad. I'm sorry. I don't want to want to crap on all of my high school guidance counselors, but that's pretty <laughs> much what I remember, didn't you? I mean, we didn't have like, guidance oh, counselors we'll when I was in you. high school. Yeah, we'll help you, but yeah, yeah, not yeah. just not now. <laughs> yeah, just just come back. We 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 have they they make up insane numbers. We have look, we have a thousand other students that we have to tend to right now. Just come back. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> And then we'll he would give. The, we'll get you the packet at the end of the year for you to fill out. Right. 
<laughs> and then he would like he would give these like analogies of these stories that had absolutely nothing to do with what he was talking about. <laughs> you know, and he actually reminds me of my art teacher. His name was Mr. Flowers, and he was very much like that. Could you imagine an art teacher like that? Oh, my like, God. <laughs> and his room always smelled like pot, by the I way. was just going to say, when, uh, did you ever see the Simpsons episode where Homer got the medicinal marijuana, and, and, and the daughter goes, oh, it smells like the art teacher's office. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. That was so funny. Oh, my God. So I guess the reason Michael J. Fox was able to do this movie was because, um, you know, at the time he was still doing family ties. But the uh, the chick that played his mother in the show, Meredith Baxter Bernie, got pregnant. So um, they had to take a break from filming and that allowed him to sort of step away and do this movie, which I thought was kind of cool. That is pretty cool. It's fortuitous, actually, if you think about it. That is pretty cool. So I heard a rumor that they actually shot some of this. At Oregon State, is yes. that true? Yep, and in fact, the beaver mascot logo um, is the Oregon State University beaver's logo. Oh, God, so how cool is that? Could you imagine? See, oh if I had, God. I totally want them to go to school there so I could say, you guys go to the school where Marty McFly goes. Yeah. <laughs> They'd be like, Dad, stop talking to us. You're old. Right. <laughs> no, I... <laughs> I read two different things about the budget. One place said it was $4 million, and then Decider said it was less than a million. Um, so I'm not sure exactly what the budget of this film was, but I'm pretty sure it made, uh, yeah, it, it made $80 million in 1985, which adjusted for inflation, that's about $177 million today. That's a big, big film. That's yeah. a big film, and especially for back then. Like, that was a, it was a massive Massive, 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 massive film. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure it got, it got panned, like you like like you said, but yeah. it was it was still a massive. I mean, because he was hot, man. Like he was hot. He was oh, just yeah. coming off of you know doing you know doing that big movie, and 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 you're right. I think that's probably why they you know brushed this out right away to sort of capitalize on it. And that's what I read too. Is that they wanted something that would they could make for low money and have a high return on, and they they succeeded. I mean, yeah, like we said, you know, the critics hated it, but who cares? I, I never, you know, my mother always read the the critics' reviews of movies, and I never took stock in that. I'm like, I want to see it for myself and decide for myself if I like it. Yeah, I yeah, I think that's good to do too because I mean, everybody everybody has an opinion, you know, and. The, the only one that matters is what you think. You know? Right. Because right. I, I personally, you know, I go to the movies just to escape, you know. Right. I, you know, I don't care how nice my sound system is here at home, but it just does not compare to what the, the full movie experience is. Oh, it's yeah. Full, it's immersive, even without it being, you know, uh, you know, hyper real, you know, but, you know, I enjoy it because it, it gives me that escape you know yeah exactly i mean the wife and i just saw uh saw x over the weekend and it was phenomenal it was so good Ooh. it was Ooh. It, it takes place between part one and two and tobin bell's back as john kramer in it and it's it's about him uh traveling to mexico to deal with his cancer and all that and it's it's such a good movie and i love the fact that they just focused on him throughout the entire film it was so good Hmm. Yeah, you know, and I have that actually here. I wrote that down 
for me to actually watch. Like, that's funny. Like, now I have, I like, because there's so much stuff that I'm actually, because I'm technically, I'm being off. Like, even the label, like the label, they're still sending me messages. They're like, oh, please share this. Please post this. I'm like, no, the part of me time, do you understand? <laughs> they don't <laughs> understand that. <laughs> no, they don't. Um, so apparently they had a, a real basketball player playing him in the wolf form when he was mm. doing all those awesome shots. It was a guy named Jeff Glosser. Apparently he was, let's see, he was a basketball player from Loyola Marymount University. And so he was sort of the wolf double in those scenes. In those movies, yeah. Yeah. Ooh, I, I'm going to have to watch it again tonight. And it's so funny that you say that because there's a lot of people... I believe who've actually started pretty pretty successful stunt careers out of that movie. Oh, really? Oh, I didn't even see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, because there was something else I was watching too. I'm sorry. I feel like we're all over the place. God. No, it's totally I, fine. That's what we're here for. Ah, oh, gosh, I absolutely hate that. But I was watching something where they were talking about you know the the history of um, you know like comedic stunts and, and stuff like that. Mm. And and that movie actually did have quite a bit of you know like comedic stunts. Oh, yeah. You know, like, like surfing on the cars. Yes, I mean, like, well, people don't. I mean, unless you're like, what's what's her name? Jenny McCarthy, not Jenny McCarthy. Um, Who? Poof. No, um, I mean, but people don't do their own stunts, even if it's like a funny stunt, like you know. Oh yeah. Getting, you know, flip. You know, hitting the face with a pie, or <laughs> right. you know, stuff like that. People don't do stuff like that anymore. Right, right. We did a whole show on Buster Keaton. And it was oh. amazing how he did all his own stunts, you know? Dude, that man was flexible. He oh, was yeah. Flexible. He's flexible as hell. Like, and, he, and he was like in his 40s and some of that shit. Yeah. And, you know, and I'm you know, inching <clears throat> towards you know, some ages, and I, can, I can't do half the shit that Buster <laughs> I know. <laughs> but for me, the, the big takeaway from this film was that it was this allegory for puberty. Like, there's even a scene where... Um, he's when he's tur he's turned into the wolf, but he doesn't want to confront the father. Or he doesn't want to talk to the father. The father's on the other side of the bathroom door, and he's like, "Dude, just open the door and let me in. I think I can help you." And he's like, "Well, oh, and then no, this is I'm sorry." Um, later on, he says to the coach, "I feel like I'm going through some changes," and the coach is like, "Oh God, yeah, all right, yeah, everybody does that. You'll be fine. Walk it off, you know." <laughs> yeah, I know we're going through it too. You'll be all right. Yeah. <laughs> but I think it works on that level that we sort of touched on earlier is that it was it's it's accessible to kids, especially kids in that awkward teenage phase without being overly dirty or racy or rated R. You know, it it didn't have to go there to present the message. Yeah, I, and I, I definitely have to agree with that. It's, it, it's one of my favorites. Um do I hate to use the cheesy word coming of age? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it is. It, like I, yeah. I put that in that category of like stand by me, man. It's just one of those films that you you know, that you just you watch and then you show it to, you know, either your child or the other young kids around you because it just, you know, it 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 mirrors the the true life experience of what you know, a young adult goes through, you know, trying to find their place in the world. Right, right. And now, would you agree that you, if they were to remake this movie today, they, there's a lot of stuff they couldn't get away with. I mean, first of all, you couldn't call a fat character chubby. 
you no. know, or, or even the oh, coach God. is like, yeah, well, yeah, that fat kid, he sucks, you know? <laughs> oh, God, no, that would be cut out completely. Like, that would be cut out completely. In fact, Chubbs would be Tubbs at that point. Yeah. <laughs> like, they would probably make him bigger. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I'm just saying, like, you know, they want body positivity now. So they're like, oh, okay, well, we've seen right. lots of size we want bigger can we get bigger than Lizzo oh sorry I didn't mean to say that sorry <laughs> I mean you but, got teens buying trying to buy alcohol uh, I mean and and the well, surfing on the roof of the cars there's no way they would get away with that today no but you know but ironically though surfing like that still does live on in a way because I've seen many a TikTok video of kids doing subway surfing now where they're hopping on top of the dam oh god uh, Train. Oh God. Yeah. They, yeah. I've, it's, there's been some horror stories I've heard, but yes, I have seen, um, uh, uh, new car surfing on the top of train cars now. So. Oh geez. I, every time you, like you mentioned that, and whenever I think of that, I just think of the last sequence of speed where Dennis Hopper gets his head lopped off. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. But the one thing that always stuck with me from this movie, even though, like I said, I really haven't revisited it. I probably watched it maybe once or twice when it came on cable after the theater theatrical run. Mm -hmm. But um, the the one scene that always stuck with me was when he uses wolf power to buy the beer. And he's like, give me a keg of beer, <laughs> you know? God, well, because that's how it is, man. You remember, man, when you were like, that was the thing, man. Like just trying to get some alcohol was it was an event like you had to come up with creative ways to even get it or to um you know if you were one of those kids who wanted to know what a cigarette tasted like you had to come up with a way to get your hand on cigarettes like right, every, right. those were like milestones like the first one was getting your license you yeah. know yeah. Uh, and then you know if you get if you got yourself a girlfriend man and you got your license and, and your parents let you drive their car to school you're you're golden <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know and that and that really is what that whole movie is about like we don't and again we just don't make movies like that like no. it really does it does compare in my mind like with maybe like a maybe not as brilliant as a forrest gump but you know it, it, it's just very light-hearted in that way you know right right i mean think about this have you seen the original Bad News Bears? You know what? No. And I, I have I have thought about it. I've always thought about it. All I, right. Well, let's, let's put a pin in that. And I want you to watch that movie and come back to me. And let's do a show about that. Because okay. I, I feel like this movie, you could not... I mean, it has been remade. And I don't think you can do it the justice. Because it was just made in a different time. And there's things that happen in it. They're, yeah, they're kind of inappropriate, but they worked for its time. So yeah. let's yeah. plan to I do mean, that. I mean, but there's you know there's a lot of there's a lot of that stuff now that probably wouldn't work in you know in the remakes or in updates. Just because I feel like also we're I don't know if 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 we're all a society of prudes now, but it's sort of kind of. Um, I don't know. I sort of feel like we're we're maybe maybe I don't know. It's just everything's just people are are not very accepting of others' opinions anymore. Um, Yet we're supposed to be tolerant. 
yeah, we're supposed to be towering, but I just it, it almost feels like a like a regression to you know another time and place that existed long before we both came here. Right, right. <laughs> it's just so weird. It's a, that's a whole other topic, but yeah, it's just you know, I mean, it, around this time, I mean, keep in mind, all right. So, 1981 was when slasher movies were coming into their own here in America, and Siskel and Ebert waged an all-out war against the Friday the Thirteenth films. And all they did was make them more popular, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I mean, and that just goes to, goes to show you when you, you know, when you try and, you know, put a label on something and box it and say, don't, don't do it, don't listen to it, don't taste it, don't do this, you know? And that's part of what being a teenager is all about, is just, you know, is rebelling and, you right. know, and, and trying to figure out you know, how you can get your hands on some alcohol to pitch. Really, even if you know deep down that that shit tastes nasty as a child, you're going to want to drink it because your parents just told you it, you can't have it until you're 21. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll be honest, and this was the first time I said it on, on, on the show ever in public, but I, I didn't actually drink. I, I, I was When I turned 21 on my 21st birthday, um, I went to this kid down the street who went to school with me. I went to his house because he was having a party. And I always hated the taste of beer. That was part of why I didn't drink, was I didn't like the taste of beer. I still don't. I, I don't drink beer. Um, but he had a keg, and so what I did was I downed two 30-ounce cups of beer in 10 minutes. And I was plastered. I was gone. I was literally, like, in the bathroom on the floor, and I couldn't get up, and people are pounding on the door because they got to use it. And I'm like, I'm fully clothed. I just can't get up. <laughs> <laughs> And it was just yeah, a really weird experience. I had, you know, my my weird experiences with alcohol. That alcohol, you know, I, you know, I started drinking. I guess a little late, probably. I think I was like maybe twenty five. I think that probably is late. Um, I just never really had an interest in it. Also, too, because you know, it, it was, you know, beer was always like an acquired taste. It was like coffee, kind of, you know, like. Eh. It, 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 it's it's bitter it's uh you know it, it just yeah it just was never really really for me now even even having a cocktail or something like that like now like i mean i I'll, i can i can stomach that better than a beer you know what i mean yeah oh absolutely absolutely i mean i didn't really like after that i never had a drop to drink until i was 27 and it was about that time that they kind of came out with like zima and cider jack i remember that yeah, yeah so zima. Zima was, was really popular. What happened to Zima? It was like alcoholic Sprite. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. God, where did it go? But now there's like a shit ton of these kind of drinks out there, and it, it's fine. But, you know, for me personally now, it's like, like especially now that I have the diabetes, it's like vodka is my drink of choice. Vodka and club soda because there's virtually no sugar in them. It's it's empty calories. And, you know, yeah, if I'm not careful, I can overdo it. I've had several incidences including recently where i all of a sudden the next day i had all these injuries and i didn't know where i got them from but <laughs> yeah you really yeah you just you know just have to be careful with gotta be super careful how much you're drinking because you know those, but, those some of those spirits have a lot of calories and carbs right right but now speaking of of, of um of the keg of beer i wanted to bring this up before i forget i think for me uh, the funniest moment in the movie, because upon this past rewatching of this film, the scene where they get the keg of beer, Michael J. Fox uses wolf powers and the guy gets him the keg, 
and mm. they're in the car, and Styles gets out of the car, and the kid in the car picks up the keg and keg and tosses it to him, and he just goes <laughs> down like a ton of bricks. <laughs> I mean, because it just uh, those things are heavy, man. Yeah, <laughs> those things are heavy, and 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 I. Mm. I don't know. I don't think I've ever seen a keg of beer. I, well, no, I'm lying. I, I saw a keg of beer in school, but I was just, I don't know. I just, I just didn't do any. I was a big kid. I, I was I too. <laughs> I really was. Like, I tried my hardest to, and, and a lot of the stuff that, you know, people, you know, indulge in, you know, in their early 20s, like, I didn't really start enjoying until, like, my 30s. Like, you know. Yeah. Yeah, same. Know. Like, I don't know, can I say that I smoke pot? Is yeah. that okay? Yeah. Um, like, I started I started smoking, you know, pot at 27. You know, 27. Like, that's yeah. late. Like, I, you know, I, I, I was way, you know, I'm serious, like, way later than, like, all my cousins and everybody else. They're like, oh, yeah, we've been, we've been smoking that shit since we was, like, 15. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I, this is really weird, but I was 27 when I first tried pot, too. I'm not oh, lying. I was I was dating this chick that lived in like Tennessee or something, and I went down there for a visit, and I I never wanted to try it. I tried it, and I I tripped out the whole night. Like it was yeah. like I was on acid. It was really weird. Like I was like literally uh, uh, in my head. I'm this dude sitting in the chair in the control room with my feet up on the controls, my hands behind my head, watching my body do all this weird stuff. <laughs> Yeah, because see, that first experience, you know, usually everything is pretty funny. I remember laughing my A off. Everything was <laughs> funny. I wanted to hug and everyone. Um, yeah, I was, yeah, I guess I, I, I suppose I can equate that to being like a friendly drunk. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, man, it's just funny. But so getting back to the movie, I thought um, there's a lot of little details in this movie that I thought were really well done. Although, first of all, I will say my first takeaway from seeing this back in 1985 was he didn't look like a wolf. He looked like a gorilla. And that you always bothered him? me. Really? Yeah. I thought he sort of looked like a, one of those things from uh, Chuck E. Cheese, those animatronic things. Oh, God, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Fine. I mean, but still, though, like I said, I mean, even though, I mean, it wasn't the most aesthetically pleasing, I mean, but it's still like, I, and I still stand by my earlier comment at the beginning of this show. If you show that to a young child, I say, mm, an eight-year-old would be like, oh, look at the big cat. <laughs> <laughs> You know, but if you show that, you know, if you show that to like a five-year-old, oh my God, that that is like their worst, that would be like their worst nightmare, you know. Um, well, but- my, my grandson's going to be seven in another week and we watched it. He watched it with us recently and he was actually more taken by the whole basketball element of the thing. And he, he had already seen The Wolfman with Lon Chaney and all these other oh, classic yeah. movies. So it didn't phase him. He was just like, oh, now he's going to be an awesome basketball player, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, so yeah, he yeah he probably was more excited about that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you started him down the right path. I mean, yeah, did the same thing with my own kids. That's why Spencey joins me on these shows every once in a while. <laughs> um, but but again, we were talking now a little while ago. So I am I'm also jumping all over the place here. But um, we were talking about you know actors doing their own stunts. 
the whole scene where Michael J. Fox goes running down the school hallway because he's, he, he's, um, he's told to get up and do something in front of the class, like do math or something, and his fingers start to change. So he just bolts out of the classroom. And he's and the the hall is wet because the janitor just mopped the floor, and he's doing this slipping and sliding, and it's like typical Michael J. Foxy. It was wonderful. <laughs> I always liked like the scene where he was flipping, yeah, and like where he smacked the guy's hand at the end or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I, I just thought that was like so cool. He was like, "Yeah, mm-hmm, I did that." Right. <laughs> <laughs> With the shades on. Right. 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 Like that's so, I just oh, that's a quintessential '80s image though for me. Like the t- in fact, I'm actually looking right now, Roger, at a puzzle that my partner completed some time ago called the 1980s, and that image of Michael J. Fox as the Teen Wolf with the sunglasses on is sitting right here next to the Apple computer and Ronald Reagan. That's awesome. <laughs> Because, I mean, it, it, it is, again, like we were talking about, man, like this dude, is, I mean, Kevin Bacon, um, you know, Tom Cruise, um, you know, all of these guys, they all, you know, these are iconic films, right. you know, right. they are such iconic films. Like, I love them so much that I base my music and a lot of my, my fashion you know, around all of this stuff. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And that is why, you know, with Teen Wolf, you know, even like with my hair and, and, and all of those things, like it just, it just goes to show you, like, if you're not scared to embrace, you know, that weirdness, you know, like God forbid, right? Like you have to be like the person next to you. But it's really fucked up if you have to be different. You get what I'm saying? Wink, oh, yeah, wink, yeah. Um, but that's what I really like, you know, about the movie. And it just, you know, if I could go back to high school, you know, that would be like the 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 message, at least for, for myself, would be, you know, okay, you know, you're a little different, you know, but if you embrace that, you know, you can become like this really cool, you know, star. And I mean, and even after he you know, started to become normal again. Like people, you know, really genuinely loved him, you know, and it wasn't just all about, you know, being this, this cool car surfing, you know, kick butt, you know, wolf man, because their basketball team sucked. Right. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it sucked. I mean, sucked really, you know, and for this little guy, like, I mean, really like a little, and, I mean, his, he really, like, looked like his dad. He really did. Yeah, He looked yeah. just like his dad. But, like, I mean, brilliant casting on that part, I have to say. Um, and his dad was just as corny and lame. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, I remember being in grade school, and for whatever reason, I don't know why, I had yellow socks one time. And this one kid that was older was, like, going, oh, you got yellow socks, He's like, making fun of me for it. And so I looked at him, I'm like... And I must have been in like fourth grade. I'm like, well, do you want to wear them? He goes, well, no. I'm like, then what the fuck do you care? <laughs> you know, people, man. And he walked away. <laughs> you know, people, man. You know, you know, and and all of these movies are just testaments to the goodwill of the human spirit. You know. Yeah, yeah. 
No, I think this movie is is really fun. I think it's it's definitely cheesy, but I think that's a charming aspect of it. Um, <laughs> you know, the the whole the whole message that I took away from it watching it this time around was you don't need the wolf to win. I think the father even says that. He says you just need to believe in yourself. And I really feel that like a lot of today's generation could benefit from the lesson in this film. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're too busy twerking, Rigor. <laughs> I mean, it's true. They're, and then the mamas are twerking with them. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean. Oh, God. my God. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to say that. No, it's oh. true, though. <laughs> I mean, but it just, it really, it makes me want to, and it's so crazy because I, you know, I, you know, I wasn't born during, during. You know, I mean, I was, you know, you know, I wasn't born at that time, but and I wasn't even walking around during that time. But it makes me wish to maybe have been born 20 years earlier because mm. you hear all of these, you know, and that's just for somebody who, you know, who, grew, you know, who, you know, grew, grew up, at, you know, came along at the tail end of the 80s. Like I missed, you know, all of that simpler um you know, family, I mean, and, and I mean, really, really family driven stuff. Yeah. Like, you know, now we're in this era where, you know, we're so, so, so worried about everybody's lives that we, we have 24 seven reality TV channels. Right. And I can't take it anymore. I can't. Oh no, it's bad. It's so bad. And I, I, I really wish like people like John Waters and, um, yeah, uh, gosh, who I can't, I can't think of. Um, it'll come to me, but I wish more people would go back to that style of um, filmmaking. I mean, there's still a, a big audience for for stuff like that. I mean, like even if they redo Teen Wolf, I mean, I, I I think it would be absurd to change the formula, but they would have to um, update it a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Well, especially now you'd have the whole social media aspect of things and, you know, that could work in its favor if someone takes a video of him doing something before anyone knows he's a wolf and then all of a sudden, you know, it, it explodes on the internet and, you know, who is this wolf and he's a sensation. But what they should keep if they do end up redoing it is they've got to keep the aspect. That I love the fact that he turns into the wolf in the middle of a basketball game and no one's phased by it. For a little bit, they're like, wait, what's going on here? What's going on? And then he shoots an awesome basket, and they love him, and, and they don't care anymore. <laughs> they're like, they're like, man, please. They're like, we are in the Reagan era. Our pockets are fat. Everybody <laughs> is winning. We have worse things to worry about than a wolf right now. <laughs> right. <laughs> have you seen those commies? No, I'm just joking. <laughs> Oh, I remember those days well. And, I, you know, it's funny when you mention that, and I'm not going to go on too much of a tangent, but I remember the whole Cold War thing, and we were everybody was worried the Russians were going to nuke us. And, oh, and I'm God. like, they're not that stupid. They don't want to die either. Nothing's no. going to happen. <laughs> oh, God. You know, but that, I mean, and that's what makes, I, like I said, man, I, and I, I just, I wish for more original like family driven content, you know, yes. I like, you know, adult humor and all of that stuff too, but 
you know, these films play, you know, a big part in our, our lives. Like we all need a little escapism, especially as adults, man. Like, oh yeah. Like I, I would love to even have been his father than the, the lame nerdy father, just, just because, because then I, I'm, I'm a wolf and I can, you know, I can do whatever I want. My son's got, you know, my son's a wolf and, you know, and he had a good story too. the father. He, he basically said, yeah, the first time I wolfed out, I was angry and he kind of regretted it. He's like, you know, to this day, I feel bad that I scared the shit out of the, the guy. It was the principal. I made him piss his pants, you know? <laughs> yeah. I re- you know, I do remember that. You're right. I do remember that. Yeah. He said it I without do. saying it too, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Is he still alive? Uh, who, the father? Yeah. Uh, let me look it up real quick here. Which so I haven't seen him in anything. By the by the way, if I I, I I think I may have told you about this before, but if um I'm gonna say it again. There's a show that you should check out. It's on Disney Plus. It's called The Villains of Valley View. And if you're looking for like a really a hilarious, wholesome family thing that has some, you know, uh subtle adult jokes in it, it's really good. It's basically this family of villains that um uh, for whatever reason, they run afoul of the villain world that they live in. So they have to go into hiding and pretend to be a normal family living in suburban Texas. And it's hilarious because their natural tendencies are to, you know, steal and do bad things, you know. And yeah. and it, there's so many funny things. And it, it, it like t- this is just the dynamics of the characters are hilarious. And then. Um, they got this, their landlady it also lives next door and she constantly goes in their house and she often says things that you go, wait a minute, did she just say that out loud? And it's like a kid wouldn't get it. Like, for example, um, uh, one of the kids had an invisibility power and she accidentally bumped into him. So the family's like, oh, there's a ghost in the house. And she goes, a ghost, huh? God forbid you bulldoze a house full of drifters and they never let you live it down. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. Yeah, see that's perfect. I like stuff like that. So yeah, Villains of Valley View. Uh check that out. So uh James Hampton played the father. He died in twenty twenty one on April seventh. He was eighty four years old. Wow, yeah. I guess yeah, I guess eighty. I, I thought he still would have been alive, but I was thinking he would have been about eighty something. I mean, I saw a video with Chuck Norris the other day. He's like, I'm in my 80s and I'm still doing this. And they show him doing all kinds of kung fu and, and farm work and lifting bills of hay. <laughs> oh, my God. Really? He's yeah. like 80 years old. He's wicked. He said he was in his 80s. He's got to be. Let me look him up real quick. 1930 something easily. Bruce Lee was born in the 30s. Or oh, 40. yeah. Yeah, he was, he was a contemporary of Bruce Lee. So Yeah. Uh, he was born in 1940. So how old would that make him today? 50, 60, 70, 80, 90. Him almost fucking 10, 90. 20. Almost 90 fucking years old. Yeah. He's like oh 83. Wow. Dude, he's still Chuck Norris, huh? He's still Chuck. And you know what? The boogeyman still checks under, checks under his bed for Chuck Norris. So. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. I remember that. Oh. oh. Spencer oh. was an expert on the Chuck Norris facts. He's like, yeah, Superman wears Chuck Norris pajamas. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, you're making me think of Family Guy now. Stop. Remember when they're t- talking about his chin? <laughs> oh, yes. And the, the fist came out of his beard. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. That's hilarious. 
All right. So, Dantes, uh, give us your final thoughts on uh, Teen Wolf from 1985, starring Michael J. Fox. Final thoughts on Teen Wolf from 1985 is a definite watch. Watch it with your family. Watch it with your friends. It is warm, lighthearted. I would even go so far as to say coming of age, possibly. I always use Forrest Gump because that's like my measure of like what a good comedic dramedy could be. And I would give this movie, in my Roger Ebert stance, <laughs> I'd give him four thumbs up. Nice. Nice. Yeah, you know, like I said at the top of the show, I, I kind of, when I first saw it at age 15, I thought it was me mediocre. I don't think I got it, especially we were still riding off of the whole Back to the Future thing. So it was, and, and we had the Howling and the American Werewolf. So there were certain expectations that sort of affected my, uh, skewed my view of this movie when it first came out. But rewatching it now, I loved it. I laughed all the way through. It was hilarious. I thought the message was great. I think like you said, I think we should share this with the young people in our lives. Every kid needs to see this movie because the message is essentially about being yourself. You don't have to have superpowers to, to, you know, to succeed in life. And, um, and, and also, you know, and, 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 and I, I love how you said that because, you know, now, you know, we're in this age of, you know, superhero everything and kids often feel like that is what the true definition of a superhero is. So it's good to see movies like this where the the hero is just an ordinary person, just like you and I, you know? Yes, yeah. And that's what, what makes it work is Michael J. Fox is just so relatable as a teen, you know? And even oh, though he yeah. was 24 in this, it's still, he, he's, he's acting just shows because he's you absolutely, uh, you know, can relate to his character. And it's not just that movie. I mean, it's just him, you know, as, as a human being. Like, he's just... It, incredibly relatable he's approachable even you know even during that period you know and i look back at you know interviews that he had done you know uh talking about this movie and stuff he you know he just always was a very level-headed guy yeah um, yeah you know he just seemed like he was a good old you know down home boy from you know canada <laughs> yeah <laughs> and uh you know and 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 but he's become so much more you know he he you know i honestly forgot that he was a canadian you know what i mean he, he he's become a fabric of you know american culture you know not just pop culture but american culture absolutely you know? absolutely yeah i think this movie was ahead of its time um i highly recommend it and i'm definitely going to rewatch this again at some point soon um did you rewatch for for the show tonight or no oh yeah i watched it twice yeah because i you know and i i said to myself i'm like you know if I would not have like I literally watched this movie last Sunday, also just like a couple of days ago. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, because you know it's Halloween, so all of like the Halloween like related movies and stuff are on, and it's just one of those movies, man. Like whenever I see it, like on cable, like I just always stop and just put it on, like just nice. let it let it play. You know what I mean? It's yeah. just one. Everybody has those movies that they've seen like a million times. Oh yeah. It comes on cable, you're just like okay. I don't see anything else on it. I'm just going to watch this because it's fun and it makes me feel safe and warm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> it's comfort food in in a f convenient film form. Yes. You know. <laughs> so, all right. So, Dantes, where can the folks at home find you and your music online? Well, you guys can search for me on Spotify. That's D A N T E S. 
Um, I have a little asterisk above my E, so you hold the E on your keypad there and it'll give you the correct E. Uh, <laughs> or you guys can do a quick Google search for Dantes Alexander, uh, and that pretty much is me. Thank you guys for having me. Awesome, awesome. And we'll put all your links in the show notes um, so people can find you. And thank you so much for joining us. I'm looking forward to doing some more shows with you soon. Oh, thank you. It's, been, it's definitely been an honor. It's been refreshing and and you know, take a break from you know music and videos and come hang and chat with you. Excellent, excellent. Well, folks, that's all the time we have for today's episode of this year's 13 Days of Hallowtober. Don't forget to check out our website at havenpodcasts.com where you'll find our other shows, The East Meets the West, in which we discuss Shaw Brothers Kung Fu films and spaghetti westerns from the 60s to the 80s, and the Cult Movie Lounge where we talk about all cult movies all the time. And check out our live monthly streaming show, Fright Lounge, in which the best horrorologists in town discuss horror media for the seasoned horror fan, as well as introducing newbies to the genre. And at our website, you can also find my blogs, Then Is Now, The Films of John Saxon, and Horror Films of the 1970s. If you like what you're hearing, please go to wherever you download your podcast from and leave us a great review so that other listeners can find us. Thank you for joining us today, and have a wonderful October. educational and informational purposes only. Sounds, music, and clips played during this podcast are the property of their copyright holders. All original content is copyright Jupiter Media. For more shows like the one you just heard, check out the Dorkening Podcast Network at thedorkening.com.